0: Well, hello, everyone. It's time for some announcements here at Keys Vineyard. Hey, Christmas is in a week. It's super exciting. Uh, just a couple quick announcements about this week. This Wednesday, uh, it's going to be on the 20th. We're having our Christmas carol jam night. You can bring your instruments. Uh, you can come join us to sing some of uh, uh, our favorite Christmas carols here at the church. I have the list of songs uh, on the app, if you go to that jam night link, you can click that and you can get the songs ahead of time if you want to practice, uh, wear something fun and festive if you want. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be a great time. That'll be this Wednesday, December 20th at 6.30 p.m. in the auditorium. Also, uh, this is important. We have our Christmas Eve services coming up and there's, there's lots to choose from. Saturday, December 23rd at 7 p.m. is going to be a candlelight service, just like our other Christmas Eve services. It's exactly the same. Everything will be literally the same just the day before. So if that fits you, you can join us for that. We will have our normal 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock services uh, Christmas Eve morning on the 24th. It's going to be a little different, a little more scaled back, but it should be a lot of fun, and we hope you'll join us for one of those and then we're going to have two candlelight services in the evening on Christmas Eve at 4.30 and 6 p.m. So uh, the, the three evening candlelight services will all be the same. The three morning services will be different than those, but still good. And yeah, those are the announcements I have. Uh, keep checking out the app for important updates. And uh, yeah, let's get ready for church.
1: Woo!
2: Everybody online, welcome! So glad to have you with us. We're celebrating Christmas. We got lots of great Christmas music today, and then we're back into our Advent series. We're going to talk about love today, and we'll use Isaiah uh, chapter nine primarily. Oh, we got a little fun thing in Isaiah one too. We're going to go to. So get your Bibles, get comfortable, maybe a coffee, and get ready because here we go. Woo! Good morning, family.
3: It is wonderful to hear all your voices and see your faces. We are looking forward to spending time with you all. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning. In case you don't know the flow yet, we're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, and then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms, and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We're going to continue on in Advent as we're talking about love and uh, in the book of Isaiah and a little bit of John. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your faithfulness to show up when we ask. this morning Lord we are here for you to celebrate and worship you to sit and soak in your presence help us to set aside our distractions that we walked in with we ask that you help us hear more clearly see you more fully Continue to mold and shape our hearts, Lord, so that they're ever closer to your heart. You are so, so good to us, Papa. We love you and we thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Raise up your great power, Lord, and come among us to save us. Because through our sins and wickedness, we are severely hindered in running the race set before us. But may your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and Holy Spirit be the honor and the glory now and forever. Amen. Chaplain Doug.
4: On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and blood of the Lord, the table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning, and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Chaplain Doug. Uh, We're going to start our time of worship now, and we got uh, some cool Christmas songs in the loop, so uh, hopefully you know those. Uh, We'll have the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. Uh, Sing out, lift your voices, uh, make a... Make a joyful noise into the Lord. Uh, you're welcome to sit stand if you're able. This is come thou long, expected Jesus. Oh, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children today. God, anoint them, give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're so good, Lord. We love you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse?
5: Good morning, boys and girls. So happy to see you. Today's true story can be found In the Gospel of John. And we have been learning that three days after Jesus was crucified, he came back to life, right? And many times, right? More than once, Jesus appeared to his friends, the disciples, right? And this proved that Jesus... Wow. This proved that Jesus was alive, right? Well, one day Peter and his disciple and the disciples, they went they got into a boat and went fishing. Anybody been fishing before? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, cool. Yes, so they went fishing and they were out all night long, but they did not catch any fish. Can you believe that? I know, right? Well, when morning came, Jesus was on shore, stood, was standing there on shore. Isn't that amazing? And he tried to get their attention, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus said, men, you don't have any fish, right? And they said, no, we didn't catch any fish. So Jesus told them, put your net in the water on the right side of the boat and you will catch some fish. Do you think they listened? They did. They did what Jesus told them. And guess what? The net was full of fish. So much so that they could not pull it into the boat. Can you imagine? That's a lot of fish, right? Yes. And then one of the disciples told Peter, It is the Lord. And guess what Peter did? He jumped into the water and he started swimming to shore. Well, the other disciples followed him, right, on their boat, pulling the net. When the disciples got out of their boats, they saw bread and a charcoal fire with fish on it. And Jesus told them, bring the fish that you have caught. So Peter went and he pulled a big fish that were in the net ashore. Oh, yay, good. Hi, he, yeah, hi, Nathan. He pulled them ashore, right? And guess how many fish there were? The Bible tells us that there were 153 fish. Can you believe that? Amazing, right? Well, Jesus told them, come and have breakfast. And in John twenty-one thirteen, Jesus came. He took the bread and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. And then he turned to Peter and said, Do you love me more than these? And Peter said, Yes, sir. You know that I love you, right? Then Jesus told them, Feed my lamb. Then Jesus asked Peter for the third time, Do you love me? And Peter was very sad because Jesus asked them three times. Peter loved Jesus very, very much. Lord, you know everything, Peter said, right? You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus told them. And then Jesus told Peter, told Peter, follow me. You see, boys and girls, all the disciples had left Jesus when he was arrested, right? But Jesus still wanted them to be used for God's plan, right? They would be fishers of men who would tell people the good news about Jesus. And I want you to remember this truth. Are you listening? Good. Jesus is the Lord who forgives us and makes things right again. Amen. Amen. Good job. All right. Are you guys ready? We get to say the Bible verse together. All right, repeat after me. Oh, yeah. I know. John 21, 13. John
1: 21, 13.
5: Excellent work. Good job. Jesus came. Jesus came. He took the bread. He took the bread. And gave it to them. And gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. He did the same with the fish. Wow, excellent work. Good
2: Good job, kids. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And then Pastor Georgina will pray for them and will send them off to Children's Church.
5: All right, guys, let's do something very important, okay? So now we get to talk to the Lord. All right, you ready? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and think about him, okay? Father in heaven, thank you so much for taking care of us, Lord. Thank you for providing for us, Lord God. Thank you for saving us, Lord God. Lord God, thank you for sending Jesus to rescue us from sin and death. Help us to follow him, Lord. Help us to be fishers of men too. In Jesus' name,
6: what do we say? Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Those are some good-looking kids. Yes. Good job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he said. That little boy.
2: We have the, the Christmas banner in the back, and it has Chevy Chase and yes. Will Ferrell. And Sir Bond was standing against it, too. It looked like another, another an character. Christmas character back there, yeah. <laughs>
6: Well he's you got could, a red shirt. So he's down. there. If you
2: want your pictures with Servant, just find him in. It's
6: not a bad thing.
2: <laughs> makes a nice shot back there. Yes. Very red. You're
6: welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome it's, to the vineyard.
2: Yeah. But Buddy the elf is back there too, and when I'm preaching I keep seeing Buddy the Elf. Yeah. And he's very excited.
6: He's Chris Santa. It's very yeah.
2: encouraging. Yeah. Anyway. Welcome to the Vineyard. Amen. So glad to have you with us. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you here. So good to see all the children. Yes. uh, Yes. None of them are excited.
6: One more week of school Uh, if they're in public school down here. Oh my goodness. Wow.
2: Well, uh, let's see. That link... We'll take you, if you had your phone uh, pointed at it with a camera on, it'll take you to a page with a lot of important links, helpful links. Uh, the Connect card is there. If you've never filled that out, we'd love you to. It's simple. It's just name, phone number, email. Um, the fill-in notes are there, which are nice to have as we go through the service. The translator is there. We translate into 30 languages, so you can pick yours and it'll show up on your phone or you can listen to it. The listening assist, it's all there on that page. Um, So you can check that out. And I did want to say, I need to talk a little bit about next weekend. Yes,
1: Because Christmas weekend,
2: a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Not too much, but a little. So um, on Saturday evening next week, we're going to have our first candlelight Christmas Eve service. I know it's the 23rd, -hmm. but we wanted to get three Christmas Eve services in. And it's very hard to do when you have three in the morning and three at night. Right. It's just hard on everybody. So we're going to do the first one Saturday night at 7. And then... um, uh, that'll be full-on Christmas music, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, big worship team. Probably will snow. Yes, Candles. definitely. It's going to be very good. Then Sunday morning.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, We're going to have you and Doug on stage. Yes. They're going to tag team worship. It'll be acoustic. And they're going to tag team the message. So it'll be like, you know, homegrown. I yeah. think Douglas is going to put the fireplace in back yeah. of it. and So it'll be a little laid back. But we will have Sunday school for the kids on Sunday morning, yeah. not at the Christmas Eve services, but on Sunday morning we will.
2: Yeah, we will have children's yep. church, but not Saturday night. Right. They stay with us. And uh, we'll have food and everything too next Sunday. Yes. So the uh, yes. food truck will be opening, coffee, all that good stuff. Three services, just not the full worship team because they have to come back again Sunday night and do two more. Right. And like I said, it's just a lot to have yep. them do six. For so. Then Sunday evening, we're doing two Christmas Eve services. Make sure you get the times. One at 4.30 and one at 6. There
6: you go. That's
2: it. So we're not doing one after that. We normally do three. That's right. why I keep saying that. We're just doing two Sunday, one Saturday, 4.30, 6 o'clock. And that's the lineup. It'll
6: be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. Invite
2: people to that. They'll have a good time. We do. If the snow machines work, we'll have snow uh, at the end. And it's kind of fun and there you go. And you'll be all ready for the next day.
6: At 8 o'clock, I said that Sunday morning, those three services are going to be cute. And they took offense, Doug and Steve. So it's going to be macho.
2: Oh, yeah. She said cute. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, it's not cute. cute. <laughs> Doug and I are up here. It's very manly.
6: It's going to be, you know, appropriately manly. I don't know.
2: We're going to sing Christmas songs. Yeah. With the it'll be fun. Okay. Uh, let's pray for our neighbors, yes. which is what we do when we gather. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that... You would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're continuing on in our Advent series. Big themes of Advent are hope. Peace, joy, today it's love. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've worked through hope and peace. Last week, Pastor Doug did a good job talking about joy. Mm-hmm. And today, it, it's on me to do love, which I'm very happy That's about. Good. And uh, great subject. And uh, we'll be back into Isaiah to sort of set that up mm-hmm. in just a moment. I like it. Bad jokes?
6: This is where you're going to need that love, people. <laughs> just
2: saying. How does good King Wenceslas... Like his pizzas, you like one that's deep pan, mm-hmm. crisp, mm-hmm. and even. Deep and crisp and even, and because they don't know the song, no. they don't. It's
6: that's why this joke really falls flat. La, 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 la. They've heard all. If it. you're not from England, yes, Angie went.
2: Why did the third wise man? Mm-hmm. What did the third wise man say after his friends had already <laughs> presented gold and frankincense? He said, but wait, there's myrrh. Mm-hmm.
6: <sighs> One more. Hang on, people.
2: <sighs> what are the best Christmas sweaters made from? Fleece.
6: Navidad.
2: Feliz Navidad. Feliz
6: Navidad.
2: Prospero año y felicidad. Everyone, I want to wish you... Okay.
6: They got it.
2: They did.
6: did. That was good.
2: Okay, would you please pray for us and lead us in the reading of the I'm
6: gonna try. I'm gonna really try to pivot here, people. Thank you, Lord. We are so grateful for this Advent season, the time when we celebrate your being born, a humble king. Lord, that night that you came into the world changed everything, and nothing has been the same since. And even when Father sent you down from heaven, he knew the long plan. He knew the long game. He knew that you would come and be born and die. And he also knew you were coming back again. And we just thank you, Father, for the opportunity to celebrate the birth of your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? As Steve said, we're in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 4. You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You all can be seated.
2: Deep and crisp and even. So that that passage in Isaiah 9... Uh, that's what's right before the Prince of Peace passage that we read last week or the week before. And it's, uh, Isaiah is so good about uh, making the connections between the first coming, the first advent, and the one that we're waiting for. And he, he's talking about a light entering the darkness and breaking the oppression off of people. And he's talking about Jesus, who we'll see in a moment is the light of the world, and how he enters the scene, and how he, uh, by what he does, breaks the oppression of the enemy and the bondage of the enemy off of us. And that picture of light entering darkness is a metaphor for the love of God entering into humanity's broken condition. Because darkness reigned, if you would, from the time of the fall on until Jesus returns. The enemy uh, had introduced the power of sin and the power of death. And we were all caught in that until Jesus came and made a way out for us. And and this is a picture of what he's doing, what God is doing, and showing his love for us and how important that love is. And really, love sort of is everywhere at Christmas. And the idea of love, this time of year, Alice and I We'll watch Christmas movies, uh, some of them, and uh, we, we like some old classics like White Christmas, and uh, we like some new classics like Elf, um, and we watch some of those very cheesy Hallmark movies uh, that, you know, they're going on. But but what all these movies seem to sort of put together is that it's love that, that people are looking for, uh, particularly at this time of year, whether it's Rosemary Clooney falling in love with Bing Crosby, or Will Ferrell falling in love with Zoe Deschanel, or um, the, the the three women in the Hallmark movies who play all the leads uh, falling in love with <laughs> one of the six men that play the other leads in the exact same movie with slightly different twists about how they leave a really good job and move back home and start a Christmas store and sell cookies and find life. <laughs> With a, with a very tense spot somewhere near the end. And then there's a kiss and all is well. So, you guys know those movies. Um, or whether it's like, you know, The Grinch whose heart grows three times bigger or Ebenezer Scrooge who changes and becomes a person of generosity and, and love. It, it's kind of the theme that runs through the Christmas stories. Love is at the heart of it all. And indeed, in the main Christmas story, the one about Jesus. Love is at the heart of everything that we're talking about. And so we, we saw in that scripture reading, as I said, light entering darkness. It's a metaphor for the love of God entering into a dark, fallen, broken world. And the apostle John picks up this theme in John chapter 1. And I said to you throughout this little series, this Advent series, that Isaiah, the prophet, and John, the apostle, are really good about digging in and picking up these themes all the way back to creation and sort of introducing them to us so we understand what's happening. And I love this, John 1, you know, we go through John 1 all the time. Uh, it's one of my favorite chapters, like all of them. Generally, we start around verse 14, where, um, you know, he becomes flesh and makes his dwelling among us. We've talked all about that. But let's, for today, we're going to look at the first 13 verses. Of John chapter 1 and see light coming into the world. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made that have been made. Without him uh, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. Make sure you connect with light and life. There. You know, it's in a lot of the Christmas songs, too. They really got it when they were writing. I, I teased with Alice when we did uh, this song by Charles Wesley. Uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And Doug started with a nice little guitar riff. And I said, "That's just how Charles Wesley imagined it <laughs> in the 1700s. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Again, this is a connection with Isaiah and John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now that's John the Apostle introducing John the Baptist, in case that gets confused. But John the Baptist was a messenger who came before Jesus, telling everybody, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone, And, and that's this amazing picture of what we need to see at Christmas. Jesus, the true light, the one that Isaiah talked about, came into the world and he's made this huge difference, but a lot of people don't see him. It says even his own, some of his own didn't recognize him. Even the ones who were waiting for a savior, when the savior arrived, because he didn't click all their boxes, they couldn't see that they missed him. And so they missed this most amazing event ever. And why is that important today? Because today we have all this stuff happening around Christmas still. We have lights and we have gift giving and we have special events and everything. And yet many people still miss the reason for it all, which is Jesus came into the world to change everything for all those who believe. I was, uh, been reading through Isaiah, you know that, and, uh, I saw this really cool thing this week. It's not in the notes, uh, and it's in Isaiah chapter one and this, uh, if you get a chance after this and I, and you take this verse, Isaiah 1, 2, and 3, and go look at them, and maybe you Google if you have a moment, and ask for early, um, pictures of the church of the nativity, paintings of the, obviously there wasn't pictures, uh, but there's lots of paintings of the nativity. And one fascinating thing that I, I hadn't really noticed before was that in almost every painting of the early nativity scene in the early church, uh, somewhere in the painting, there's an ox, and a donkey looking at a manger. It's, it's, it happens. Oh, so many, it's, it's, and it's this constant theme. It's a, it's an ox and a donkey and they're staring at Jesus in the manger. Now here's, here's why that's so cool. I think. So first off, when you know about what you know about a manger, we always, our mind is made out of wood and there's straw in it, but that's really not what was going on. Uh, the, the manger they're talking about was a feeding trough made out of stone. And uh, it's where animals would have eaten. And that's where they placed baby Jesus all wrapped up. It's another big thing. But they placed him in a feeding trough. This is significant because Jesus is the bread of life, the bread of heaven. And placed immediately upon his birth into a feeding trough for the entire world. That's a big deal in and of itself. Another great picture. But why the ox and the donkey? And I have to slow down when I say those words because throughout the Bible and a lot of stories, they call the donkey something else. And I'm trying not to do that, <laughs> but, but it wants to pop out <laughs> ox and donkey. Well, let, let me read you this passage and, and why this? Because in, in the, in the, in the narrative, we don't see a, uh, an ox and a donkey, but look what the early church figured out from Isaiah. I love these things. Hear me, you heavens, verse two. Listen, earth. For the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. That's the Lord talking about the people of Israel who've all rebelled and gone their own way. Verse three. The ox knows its master and the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. It's this prophetic picture of what John tells us that the light came into the world. The Messiah came and that people missed him. And because they, they they couldn't see him. But there are some who make the connection, yet to all who saw and believed and received, they made a difference. And you have the ox, which is a, a clean animal, which would represent Israel in this place, the ones who get it. And the donkey is an unclean animal, which represents all the Gentiles. And the picture is that that what happens here is that people who can see, they're staring at the baby Jesus, and they get that he's the one who's come to make it possible to be back into relationship with God. And that's at the heart of Christmas. And it's the love of God that makes that possible. And I love pictures like that throughout the Bible that are going on. But uh, we were talking about the light of the world, how light overcomes darkness, and this idea of light runs throughout the Bible. Um, we looked at the creation account just a number a few weeks ago uh, in Genesis 1, and I said one of the cool things in Genesis 1 is that on day one there's light, But there's no sun, moon, and stars until day four, and people sometimes even would ridicule Christians. Well, how can you don't you? You didn't have sun, moon, and stars until day four. How can you have light? And the Apostle John tells us how we have light in Revelation 22. We find out that we have the light of God, who's illuminating everything, and that's what He was doing in the beginning of creation. And Revelation 22 says that's what He's going to do again. We don't need sun, moon, and stars because God is the light of everything, and it's this picture of light and life. Entering the world the way it was in the beginning, it will happen again when Jesus comes back. And so this light plays a big role. It's why it's impacted, you know, today when we can, lights. And and everywhere you go, there's Christmas lights. And it's, it's all deep within us is this understanding that something significant has taken place. And so this light is, is what we need to talk about, this light and life that's entered the scene as God came into the world. And if you don't understand the light that we're talking about, the light of God, you'll never really understand life and the way he wants you to have it. And Jesus, uh, he says this about Christmas, if you would, That's kind of the mission statement of Christmas, Luke 19, 10, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost, that's the heart of God. He doesn't want anybody separated from him. He wants, and and he's making a way so that everyone can be reconciled to him and find life. And it's really at the heart of the Christmas message, just love of God moving towards the world so that they can be reconciled back to him. See, he came as a ransom for many. Mark ten forty-five. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life... As a ransom for many. And uh, Paul says in Galatians 4, 4, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. And so there's this, this rescue that takes place. There's a ransom and a redemption. Because what had happened was, back at the fall, all of us had gone the way of the enemy. And and he introduces the power of sin and the power of death and all of us are under that and we're trapped there. We're separated from God and we can't get back on our own. We, we can never be good enough once we're separated. And and so God, knowing that, he comes to make a way for us to be reconciled to God. This is Christmas and Easter. It's sort of all what's happening in the story. And so the way God fixes that is that he becomes, he takes on flesh, fully God, fully man, Jesus enters the scene. Uh, and... Uh, Hebrews 2.4, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death that is the devil. So God had to come, fully God, fully man. Jesus arrives on the scene in the, in the most humble of ways. I love that he, when Jesus enters the scene, he enters the world the way all of us have. right? He's born into it and that's fascinating to me because he's God. He could have come in on stallions. He'll come back that way. But the first time, he comes in in the most humble of ways to connect with us. And then he lives the perfect life that we couldn't. And then he willingly goes to the cross on our behalf where he deals with all of our mess and he defeats sin and he defeats death and he rises again. So he's done the work. That's what's at the heart of Christmas. He's done what needs to happen for us to be reconciled to God. And he came to call sinners... To repentance this is uh, sinners is a word that, that we, we sort of maybe struggle with, you know, but, uh, but sinners, um, you is one. <laughs> you remember that if you were here not that many weeks ago, we were looking at the trees in the garden, and one leads to life and one leads to death. And one is about listening to and waiting for God to go and do his life. And the other one is about us taking shortcuts. That's where sin is. That's, that's what that is all about. And all of us have done that. That's, we sort of have to understand that's the problem. I told the last group, uh, I remember some years ago, I was invited to a church for a Good Friday service. And I decided to talk about the two criminals that were uh, crucified with Jesus. One on one side and one on the other. And one repents and one doesn't. And I looked at this really nice group of people of church and said, uh, so you're all criminals, which one are you? And they never asked me back. <laughs> I, and you know, that, that's another message altogether. But the, the criminals, that, that thing will wreck your theology because one of them repents and makes it and that's all he ever does. Ask Jesus, yes, and he doesn't get a chance to do anything else. He makes it very, something to think about, but not in this message. He calls sinners to repentance. Jesus answered them, Luke 531, it's not the healthy need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And in effect, with Jesus, he's come to call all of us, because we all are sinners. And he's made a way. And so, he's calling to us. So he, 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 he comes uh, he's going to do everything that needs to happen, going to pay the ransom and do everything for redemption and then he invites us to respond. He invites us into it. He 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 came to call sinners to repentance. The call is based on the ransom if you would. And and, and he's done all of it. And and it's at the heart of the meaning of Christmas. He came to call sinners back into relationship with him. And, and he does that because he wants us to experience life. I tell you this all the time that Jesus, Jesus' heart is for us to have full, abundant lives now and forever. And that's at the heart of the other part. He wants us to have eternal life. He wants us to live forever with him. And this is better than we've even imagined. I tell you this all the time because Uh, it's the Revelation 21 and 22 when the heavenly city comes down out of heaven to earth and earth is renewed and restored and the believers, all believers get new resurrected bodies that are not corruptible they don't ever experience pain or any of the mess or the brokenness we get all of that and that's in the 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 promise of eternal life isn't just floating off uh, on a cloud playing a harp it's that we get to do this the way it was intended back in Genesis 1 it's 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 incredible. This life. That's eternal. That's at the heart of eternal life. And somehow your eternal life begins when you come to know Jesus. But we have this hope running through to wait for him. For God so loved the world. See the connections. Because the world didn't recognize him. But he loves the world so much. He's doing everything he can for the world to recognize who he is that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not Perish but have eternal life. This is, this is the best gift ever given. It, it's, it's what stirs us to want to be givers at Christmas and to want to give gifts and how all that's stirred up because it's, it's all this, the, all, everything, the lights, everything are happening are pointing us at what God has done is that he's provided the best gift ever given in Jesus and a way to be reconciled to him. But like every good gift... Um, Unless you open it, you don't really get the value of it. If you, you ever get a gift card and not use it? It was nice, but you, this Christmas for some people, it's nice, but they've never opened the gift and said yes to Jesus. And listen, if you ever doubt that God loves you, just look at Jesus and all that he's done. Look at look at the child born into the world and, and that he grows up and lives life and that he He cares about people and he preaches the c- coming of the kingdom and the gospel and how they can be reconnected to God and he heals diseases and he impacts the world at the time in such a way that that time is literally split because of the impact he makes in those few years that he's with us. And he does then go to the cross for you because he loves you and wants to be in relationship with you. And he takes care of all the mess and the brokenness and everything that we've done that has been done to us. And he's promised, as we said, he's coming back and he wants you to be with him forever and ever to experience what what he set out in the beginning. But your, your response is what matters here because the gift is available to you but you have to say yes to Jesus. And don't, it's it's just like the Savior arriving in the world in the way he did with angels singing and things happening and people missed it who were looking for it. Don't miss it. Jesus wants you to be in relationship with him forever. He's done what needed so that you can be reconciled to God. The way you open this most amazing gift is to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And if you've never done it, please do it. Today, it doesn't matter. How, you're not too old. You're not too young. It's time if you've never done it. It's just that Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And that's the beginning of life and everything that matters in you. Do it today. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Ministry team, those here want you to head over to the wall. People on the way over here, up there, are here to pray for you and. Uh, I promise you, best decision you will ever make. Holy Spirit comes and begins to lead and to guide and changes everything in your life.
6: Amen. You know, Christmas is a wonderful, warm, lovely time. But it can also be a difficult time for people, nostalgic or memories. Or maybe you're going through something. And this morning as we were in worship, I just felt like the Lord said, I've got your long game. And, And he said it to me in the context of how Christ was born and died and rose again. But I feel all of us can hold on to that word that no matter where you're at, whether it's difficult or good, he knows what's coming next. He's got your life in his hands. So if you're going through anything, get some prayer for that today. hes He's got you. He's got your long game.
2: Amen. Amen. Good word. Thank you. Uh, thank you, church, for being so generous. And we love partnering with you. Did I, I don't think I bragged on them about the presence. Did I? This early? Did, did it- Eight. I didn't. So, yeah, we did the President in Paradise. Great job, guys. We, we, we sent uh, like a dozen bicycles up to them and lots of uh, gift cards and lots of presents. And it was very well received. They were very thankful. They have 700 children they're dealing with in the middle and lower keys. And they were very blessed by your generosity. So, thank you for doing all of that. We love partnering with you. And let's yeah. sing Doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, our go. God, here at me Praise
1: Father,
2: Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Prayer is over there. These doors will be open for you. The sun is shining finally. Hallelujah. Enjoy the rest of your day. Be kind in the parking lot. We will see you soon. Hello, everyone, and hope you had a great day. And We're looking forward to next weekend. We will be... uh, streaming all the services next weekend i was told so join us when you can and uh, have a great rest of this week
6: have a great week before christmas everybody make those cookies (laughs) bye